It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the P1 podcast with Matt and Tommy. We're post-Baku now, even though we still have to kind of talk about it a little bit. I feel like already I'm I'm just getting over the fact that Sunday was terrible. Saturday wasn't much better. Some driver ratings will also be terrible, won't they, Tom Bellingham? They sure will. Thankfully, there was a banging IndyCar race on last night that sued my kind of disappointment of the whole Baku weekend. But hey, Miami will be soon. And hopefully it's good. Miami be will good. be amazing. It's got to be, it right? It has to be, surely. Because it was such a great race last time out, wasn't it? Anyway, no, positivity. Uh, actually, no, probably not, because the first driver we're going to be starting with is Logan Sargent. So perhaps we, we can't start on the positivity train right now. Uh, he qualified 15th, sprint qualified 15th, crashed. Didn't start the sprint because of his crash. And then in finished 16th. My grade for him is going to be a 2 out of 10. Again, what's going on with Logie Bear? Know what I mean? Like, what, what's happening with this guy? He had a very good start. Bahrain looked quite promising. Tommy was apologizing. P20 merchants out the window. He's, he's, he's already trying to grab those words back and put them back in his mouth. However, he's starting to creep back towards that level. Although, not being labelled the Nick, De, uh, sorry, the Nicholas Luke de TV. That is Nick DeVries that's getting that title at the moment. Uh, but Sergeant, again, just quite a an anonymous weekend. Yeah, uh, I've gone for a three out of ten. Maybe I'm being too generous that he's a rookie. I feel like later in the season, if it keeps happening, I'm not going to use this. Oh well, he's a rookie um, to give him a little little bit of benefit of the doubt. Uh, if I put one positive spin on it, I guess the fact that if you're going to bin it in any session, it's probably the sprint uh, quality and not start the sprint because they were never going to score points anyway because it goes to the top eight. So, so you're telling me it's a tactical yeah. crash? A tactical crash. Saying. No, no. Because um, <laughs> obviously they could have used that as a practice session and clearly he needs a bit more time. That's maybe why he did so well in Bahrain that had a lot of testing and could get, get used to the conditions. So, yeah, three out of ten for Logan Sargent. Alex Alban is up next. Uh, he qualified 13th, sprint qualified 7th, and then sprint race 9th and race 12th. Tommy, what did you uh, make of his performance? I thought he did a pretty decent job, all in all. Uh, I'm going to give him a 7 out of 10. Um I think he was actually very unfortunate. We mentioned earlier that this is the kind of one where you don't want to do well in because you've got no chance. And Albon was the very vocal about the fact that only you're only going to get points to those top eight drivers. So he's the, was the unlucky one to finish ninth, and he couldn't repeat it in the uh, in the actual race itself. So uh, he's really unfortunate that he got. Uh, I think he might have got blocked, didn't he? Uh, 
in in the session because they could have done quite well. Uh, and realistically, he wanted to be qualifying the actual race in seventh, not the sprint quali. Um, so unfortunate for him because he could have. I think he could have bagged some points if he'd. Uh, maybe qualified seventh, but alas, he didn't. It felt a little bit like what could have been for Alex Albon in that yeah, Williams. Definitely. Uh, he was not particularly happy after the sprint race, saying about the top four teams f- uh, filling in the, the top eight slots and so on, and clearly finishing ninth. You're going to be pretty angry as you're just one slot away from scoring points in a Williams. And then, yeah, he just got stuck in that DRS train, didn't he, with um, Hulkenberg and Ocon and just couldn't make much progress. It, it was tantalizingly close, uh, the, the cars ahead of him, but just wasn't able to make the moves due to the wind not playing the right part uh, in Baku, really. Um, and, and also the fact that the new regulations are uh, starting to be quite um, difficult for cars to to follow in that middle sector in Baku and, and just in general. Uh, so I wonder what we can do about that. What can we do, Tommy? Do we need to like launch a protest? Do we need to get this put in parliament with 100,000 signatures that we think that the new regs are are going the wrong way? How do we get heard? I think what we can do is you give them a grade first. (laughs) Seven out of ten. Perfect. (laughs) Yeah, the graphic. I bet you were waiting for the graphic uh, to come up. But there you go, seven out of ten. Why don't you place that in just seven out of ten? Use that as a soundbite. (laughs) Beautiful stuff. Look, you're not here for professionalism, are you? Let's be real. Absolutely not. No, I wasn't asking you. I was talking about everyone watching and listening. Everyone knows that. Yeah, yeah, we're completely not a fraud. That's why I'm part of this podcast. Yeah, exactly. Okay, we now move to Nick DeVries. Nick DeBree, whatever we want to call him. He's got some good stats from the weekend. Qualified 20th, crashed. Sprint qualified 20th. Sprint 14th. And then race did not finish because he crashed. That's going to be... A solid, big, fat zero out of 10 for Nick DeVries. Um, oh, can we do that? F1 to 10? Is that how bad it is? I think that we're going to have to make an exception here. Wow. I don't okay. know. I've just been so upset with how he's performed. Can't get much worse, can it? I feel like if we have a both. table, it should normally be 1 to 10. But if someone has such a bad performance, yes, people will go, he's a rookie. Well, technically he's not. He doesn't want to be called a rookie. And he's a Formula E world champion and a Formula 2 champion. He's got he's got enough awards. He's not 20 as well. Like He is a decorated, seasoned racer. Mm. Um, and I feel like if we make a table and we have colours, I think it should be like, what colour should we have for zero? You know what I mean? Is it like a... I don't think it should be gold because I feel like that's a 10. Red. I think zero, red. Yeah, it's awful. Not a good weekend at all. Really not. Yeah, I've gone for a one out of 10, mainly because I thought you could only give a one. (laughs) (laughs) You can can change on the fly, Tommy. No, I'll go for a a one just because he managed not to crash in the sprint race. Well done. Wow. Um, But shocking weekend. Really, really bad, actually. yeah, Formula E champion, like you say, should be good at a, sp- a street track, but um, crashed twice. And then also made contact with uh, Yuki Sonoda that ruined Yuki's um, uh, sprint race, which I'd argue was partly Nick's fault. He kind of drove like Yuki wasn't there. So um, You're still giving him a yeah, one, not great. even though he, he did it to mm. your boy Yuki. Unbelievable scenes. <laughs> um, but yes, definitely a weekend to forget for Nick DeVries. Um, and he needs to bounce back this weekend. Otherwise, these these 
these talkings, these potential rumors, I suppose, that will come out about Liam Lawson and Iwasa and so on, they will start to snowball if Nick DeVries doesn't grab a hold of this season uh, and really take advantage of the fact that we have got races coming up so he doesn't have to mentally just sit on uh, what happened in Baku. Yuki Sonoda! Is up next, my biggest flop and your biggest good surprise. And somehow he scored points for both. He qualified eighth, sprint qualified 18th, finished in the sprint DNF, so didn't finish, crashed with the Vries and had uh, all those issues with his tyre falling off and then finished the race in 10th. So he actually scored a point this weekend. He did. Uh, and for that, he's getting a seven out of 10. The sprint is a difficult one because uh, it's a hard thing to grade because you have to include it in this uh this grading absolutely but also at the same time doesn't mean anything for the all the midfield so if you have problems that's the session that you really want to want to have it in but uh i think part of those problems while giving the benefit of the doubt as well is could he have been any more lucky in sprint qualifying that he was about to cross the line and set a lap we saw what a brilliant job he did in qualifying so they had the pace or he had the pace not Nick, or um, and yeah, uh, could have could have had a really good result there as well. But he's never going to get a point anyway. Um, so tenth is probably the best he could have hoped for, and that's exactly what he got. So seven out of ten. Yeah, Yuki's weekend was just more unlucky than it was actually him making. I know he made the mistake right at the start of FP1, didn't he? He hit the wall. But apart from that, I don't think anything else you can really say was down to him necessarily. You had the the slight impact with Nick DeVries, which then caused a huge amount of understeer for him out of nowhere it seemed um so yeah i'm gonna give him a seven out of ten as well uh it's amazing that i still managed to somehow swindle a point uh for biggest flop but there were so many bad things that went on for yuki sonoda and he still gets a seven out of ten and that purely comes down i completely agree with you tommy to qualifying actual qualifying on that friday getting up to speed within one practice session and smashing out a lap is not something that's easy by any stretch of the imagination, especially in FB1. There was uh, slight red flags and there was times where it was delayed. So, and Ansonoda himself had a problem in FP1. So to then go into qualifying and, and, and qualify eighth, that actually is an unbelievable performance rather than just, oh, that's pretty decent. Um, so for that, yeah, seven out of 10, uh, great job, Yuki. We now go to Nico Hulkenberg in potentially one of the worst cars on the grid uh, now, it seems. I don't know where Haas have gone. Uh, he qualified 17th, started from the pits. Sprint qualified 12th, uh, finished the sprint in 15th and finished the race in 17th. A lot of high numbers there uh, for Nico Hulkenberg. That's why I'm going to give him a 3 out of 10. He didn't end up in the barriers. He didn't end up with any wheels missing. Very close, I think, at one point to uh, having a wheel missing. Uh, uh, to be fair, as were some a lot of the drivers on the grid uh, skating the walls at some points so it's really hard to grade because he was just one of those drivers that just stayed out forever caused the greatest traffic jam of all time and then pit at the end and finished 17th like it was the worst strategy in the world unless we had a red flag or a safety car which kind of just proves <laughs> how bad of a position they were in anyway and they just had to roll the dice and to be honest with you not a bad rolling of the dice considering it's baku you would expect maybe something to go on, but but it didn't. It didn't. Not well done, Baku. Um, Hulkenberg, I have gone four, a five out of ten, straight down the middle, um, mainly just because he beat... He, I think he was quicker than Magnussen. He started from the pits, um, but I guess he 
qualified better than Magnussen, but uh, Haas are just nowhere really. Not not very good at all. Interesting. So you've gone for a, a Nico higher grade. All right, cool. Kevin Magnussen up next. Uh, he qualified 18th. I love how he out-qualified his teammate. 17th <laughs> and 18th uh, they were in qualifying. Uh, sprint yeah. qualifying 14th for K-Mag. Uh, he finished the sprint in 11th, so did beat his teammate there, and finished the race in 13th, beat his teammate there as well. So that's why I'm going to give him a 5 out of 10. Dog of a car. Even though it's not your go. It's fine. <laughs> it's, it's what I may be going to we'll give. With it. But here we go. Tommy, why don't you go with yours first? Let's ignore that. Well, mine is actually a five out of 10. I've given him exactly the same grade because um, they were pretty much not a lot separating them. I think the only reason that uh, Hulkenberg finished so low down was because he did that weird, risky kind of strategy thing and it didn't pay off. Interesting. So I've given K-Mag a five out of 10. What? Yeah, I know. Same grade as you and you never knew that before Before I said it. Um, yes, it, he, he beat him in the sprint and beat him in the race even though both Hass's races were completely and utterly an- anonymous. And I just hope for for their sake that they pick it up again, because I think we both had high hopes for Hulkenberg in particular, coming back into the sport and being this uh, very good midfield runner. But it's all starting to tail off already for Haas, whereas in previous years gone by, they've had quite a good car. I mean, not recently when they had K- um, Nikita Mazepin and Mick Schumacher, but before then, they would have a few great races at the start of the year, then tail off. But it seems like a dramatic tail off is happening already. Okay, we now move to Lance Stroll, who qualified ninth, sprint qualified ninth, finished the sprint in eighth, and finished the race in seventh. I'm giving Lance a six out of ten. It did seem like towards the start of the race, the main race that is, that he was kind of sticking with Alonso and and in that sort of pack. But when you look at how far he finished behind Fernando at the end of the race, he was half a minute behind his teammate. So uh, six is even somewhat kind of generous uh, if we're then looking at other driver teammate comparisons. But I'm going to stick with that because I'm just giving him the benefit of the doubt of maybe still... You know, the injuries maybe playing a part. And also, you know, Fernando Alonso's sending him terrible break balances. So uh, he's still having to manage that part. But six out of 10 is just about right, I think. Yeah, I've also gone for a six out of 10. Um, realistically, uh, the worst they can kind of hope for is eighth um, because they are now in that kind of top, top teams uh, in that top bracket. And, uh, yeah, Stroll finished essentially eighth and seventh in the in the races, so um, almost the kind of back of where where his team should be, and a long way behind his teammate. So um, yeah, six out of ten. Okay, we now go to Fernando Alonso, who qualified sixth, sprint qualified eighth, finished the sprint in sixth, and finished the race in fourth. I've gone four and eight out of ten for Fernando. Um, a good performance. Uh, I think actually the result, uh, he'd have absolutely taken that result because Aston didn't seem particularly on the pace, but um, a good result uh, in the end, uh, fourth. I think he'd absolutely taken at the start of the weekend, especially with all their DRS problems. 
Absolutely. I'm going to give Fernando a nine out of 10. I think that the way in which he uh, managed those DRS problems to the best of his ability was was impressive. Um, and also the fact that he finished seven tenths of a second behind Charles Leclerc at the end of that race, one or two more laps, and he's getting another podium in that Aston Martin. So I feel as though Aston weren't really there. And to beat your teammate by half a minute, may well you know lean towards Lance not performing well but also you have to give credit to Fernando is similar to how later on I'll give credit to Charles Leclerc beating Carlos Sainz by 20 odd seconds or however much it was so Fernando deserves a 9 out of 10 for me uh it was a really great performance once again this man is is on fire at the moment it has to be said uh, as we now the go break balance master plan indeed as we now go to Valtteri Bottas he qualified 14th, sprint qualified 17th, finished the sprint in 16th, and finished the race in 18th. One out of 10, Valtteri. What are you doing? Like, what is actually happening in Valtteri Bottas's career? Okay, I need him to just come into the to press and go, look, I'm doing a Kimmy. I'm having a good time. I'm having a great time. I'm, I'm getting haircuts that I want. I'm turning up. I'm driving fast cars. But I don't really care what I finish because that is the feeling I'm getting right now. Valtteri Bottas, can we not forget, is a man that outqualified Lewis Hamilton on his day a handful of times. He was incredibly good. But to now be outperformed consistently by Zhou Guan Yu, who is new to the sport, isn't good enough for Valtteri Bottas. He's not 41 years old. We can't even say it's his age. It's just genuinely doesn't seem like he's got it hooked up at all. So it might seem like a savage grade, but this isn't good enough from Bottas, especially when we look to back to Bahrain, where we go, that's where he belongs, not 18th and completely and utterly under the radar. I've gone for a two out of 10, and I've just seen in the, the drive rating sheet that I've made, that is his third two out of 10 from me in a row. He's had an absolute stinker since that first race in Bahrain. And don't get me wrong, uh, I don't think the Alfa Romeo is a particularly good car right now, but Bottas should be that team leader that, you know, look at someone like Fernando Alonso uh, when he's had bad cars in the past and not saying that Bottas is anywhere near Fernando Alonso's level, but he's an experienced driver and you have certain drivers that can punch above their weight in rubbish cars. And that car right now isn't particularly good and Bottas is just floundering. I mean, he's he's getting out qualified by Joe. Uh, I qualified by both races in the sprint quite comfortably as well and was just... Did Valtteri uh, not qualify in 14th? Sorry, I was looking at the results. <laughs> <from> the result. <laughs> Let's try that again. Yes. So, yes, yeah, so Joe did get out qualified by Valtteri in, in main quali, but then beat him in the sprint quali, 16th and 17th, uh, and then, yeah, showed uh, quicker uh, in the sprint as well. But, yeah, very, very poor from Valtteri it has to be said uh, let's go to his teammate now Zhou Guan Yu as I said qualified 16th sprint qualify 16th finished the sprint in 12th and then DNF'd uh, due to a car failure in the main race I have gone for a 5 out of 10 straight down the middle uh, classic kind of <laughs> midfield car where you don't really see him a lot and I think he was unlucky to uh, retire he was ahead of Bottas but not much to shout about for Alfa Romeo at the moment. They're having a tough old time. Yeah, I'm going to give uh, Joe a four out of ten. Again, just I'd like to see more from the team as well as the drivers as well. I think Joe is doing a great job beating Valtteri. As I've said, this, this man has a decent 
uh, track record, good statistics, and the fact that Joe is uh, on his level and beating him is is great. But it's it's hard to really ascertain how much further he can take uh, that car. But yeah, it's just so anonymous uh, for Alfa Romeo, and I feel like giving them any higher grade just doesn't really warrant the the qualifying and the race performances that they're currently currently doing. Uh, as we now turn our attentions to Oscar Piastri in the McLaren, qualified tenth, sprint qualified eleventh, sprint tenth. Race 11th. He loved a 10th and an 11th this uh, weekend, but unfortunately got them the wrong way round to score any kind of points um, because the sprint, of course, only the top eight uh, score points and he finished 10th and then in the race 11th. I'm going to give Oscar a 6 out of 10 uh, because I think that comparatively speaking, doing a good job compared to Lando it's nothing to write home about, I don't think. I don't think if you're an Oscar Piastri fan, you're thinking he's going to be the you know the next champion in a few years. But he's only a few races in and not far off Lando, especially in qualifying as well. When you compare that to what Daniel Ricciardo suffered with uh, the two years prior, I think you have to commend him for that. So for that reason, uh, yeah, six out of ten. I've also gone for a six out of ten. Um, the six out of ten grade for me is like solid job. Not incredible, not uh, amazing, but certainly not bad. And um, yeah, I think it's a respectable performance from someone that we always had that doubt in the back of my mind. Uh, you know, could it be another Daniel Ricciardo? No, could it be absolutely I never miles had that away? Doubt. Don't you dare! I believed <laughs> I it from day one. Uh, I did. I thought it might, Lando might be the teammate killer, but I think Oscar Piastri has held his own pretty well. Uh, not on Lando's level, but um, I don't think he was expected to be uh, at, at this point in time. Um, so yes, solid 6 out of 10. I do wonder if... Uh, the, the reason why I'm not giving him any higher than a 6 out of 10, despite a decent performance, is ju- just purely because I feel as though Lando getting stuck behind those two zero stoppers may well have flattered the uh, six seconds that Oscar finished behind Lando, just purely yeah. from, for how long uh, he uh, Lando was stuck behind those two cars. Uh, let's move on to his teammate, Lando Norris. Qualified 7th, sprint qualified 10th, finished the sprint in 17th, and finished the race in 9th. I have gone for a 9 out of 10. Um, amazing qualifying all he could really hope for is being back, uh, him him being back in his best of the rest slot uh, that he's kind of occupied for a lot of last year. Um, now we have this top uh, four teams. So essentially now ninth is the old seventh that he used to have that he's hoping for. Uh, and the only down, um, the, the only kind of bad mark when you look at that uh, the results he's had is 17th in the sprint, but it was essentially a practice session for him because he's not going to score a point. And uh, they were just trying different things, tried the softs, didn't work. Um, so I can't really downgrade him for essentially just experimenting and it being a practice session like everyone else in the midfield are going to do in that session. Now, I am downgrading him 8 out of 10 uh, for Lando, just purely because he did sprint qualify 10th. He's not... Yeah, one or two DNFs and all of a sudden that is a point. So for me, the soft ch- uh, tyre wasn't the right choice. It was a gamble. It went the wrong way. Finishing 17th, that that has to be... We can't just ignore that in my opinion. So that's why I'm going to go with an 8 out of 10. But the qualifying uh, for the main race was, was amazing and also finishing in 9th. He did all he needed to do to get that maximum slot because, as you say, he was not troubling the top four in, in the main race. So 
eight out of 10 for me for Lando and back to, to where he belongs, I would say, in that McLaren. Now, can they take a further step forward and actually start challenging uh, the Mercedes, the Astons and the Ferraris? I don't think so, but they might well have very lonely races in P9 uh, if the uh, teams behind them uh, continue the way they are. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. We now go to Pierre Gasly. He qualified 19th because he crashed. Sprint qualified 19th. Sprint 13th. And the race 14th. I'm going to go with a 3 out of 10 for Pierre Gasly. Not a good weekend by any stretch uh, for Pierre. He made up some positions both in the sprint and the race. Made uh, gave I think gave us one of the only overtakes we saw on television uh, on Bottas, I want to say, at one point. And we were like, oh my God, the battle for 18th or whatever it was at the time. But still, no points for Pierre Gasly. Doesn't really belong in that position. It's just, again, a weekend. There's a lot of weekends to forget for drivers uh, <laughs> in, in Baku for sure. Yeah, I've gone for a three out of 10 for Gasly. Um, you know, you can't blame him for the fire he had in qualifying, but then they managed to, sorry, in practice, fix the car and then he smashed it straight in the wall and then just didn't look particularly very good. I mean, Alpine did look bad, um, but the result flattered him that he actually finished ahead of Ocon, but that was only because Ocon did that crazy gamble. And um, yeah, Gasly just a really um poor weekend for him and alpine so three out of ten yep we now go to esteban ocon uh, who qualified 12th sprint qualified 13th but uh started from the pits uh, he then finished the sprint in 18th and finished the race in 15th alpine nowhere it's gonna be another three out of ten uh for for esti bestie it's it's just gonna it's just gonna be a, a weekend that alpine wants to delete from the history books but fair play to esteban for for dealing with the FIA shenanigans on the uh, final lap. Um, but yeah, it's just no points for Alpine is a, is a big hit, I'd say, as we now move into Miami. Yeah, shocker. I've gone for a 5 out of 10 for Ocon just because he was uh, he qualified all right. Um, and then, yeah, unfortunately, the, uh, the sprint... Uh, sorry, I unfortunately, had the pit lane start um, for... Uh, the, the whole weekend basically by changing parts so that kind of 
screwed any chance he had of doing doing anything good but um his pace was was better yeah yeah to be fair editor change that to four out of ten thank you very much i'm gonna give esteban ocon a four out of ten i think i just realized i was like that's that's the same as pierre who binned it that's probably not fair so you've well done tommy you've persuaded me back up to a four so well done well done esteban (laughs) Uh, we now go to lewis hamilton he qualified fifth sprint qualified sixth finished the sprint in seventh and finished the race in sixth it's going to be a 7 out of 10 for me, uh, for Lewis. He did a pretty good job in qualifying to get that up to 5th, considering uh, was lacking quite a bit of pace. Um, but yeah, just didn't seem to be able to make much progress in that top 8 sphere that we've got currently in Formula 1. And um, yeah, there was not really much to write home about for Hamilton. Of course, he was quite close to signs at the end, 7 tenths behind uh, at the flag. Uh, beat his teammate quite comprehensively, but obviously George did pit for for fastest lap. So yeah, seven out of ten, I think, is fair. I can't remember a more anonymous weekend for for Lewis oh, Hamilton. It's almost like you predicted uh, him to win. Yeah, no, shocking. Uh, I've gone for a seven out of ten. It was a solid drive. Um, I think he had the pace to beat Carlos, but the DRS was too short, and he's in a terrible uh, Mercedes. Well, not terrible Mercedes, but the straight line speed of the Mercedes is woeful so he was unfortunately not going to be able to um to get by so i think he was quicker than science but just couldn't get couldn't get by so seven out of ten i think frank in the background agrees as well we now go to george russell qualified 11th finished sprint quality in fourth finished the sprint in fourth and finished the race in eighth I've gone for a... <laughs> Matt definitely knew it was my turn to go. Yeah, uh, <laughs> nearly going to go then, but uh, I didn't. Uh, uh, I've gone for a 6 out of 10. Um, basically, just a little bit worse than Hamilton. I know that um, George had the great sprint race, but I think it, it's... Of all the, the things you want, you don't want to be... You, don't, you want the main race to be qualifying fourth and the sprint 11th, really, um, because, uh, yeah, th- that's where the bigger points are made. So I've uh, gone for a 6 out of 10 for George. I'm going to go with a 7 out of 10 for George. As much as he did qualify 11th, he was four thousandths of a second behind Hamilton uh, in 10th in that particular session. So got, I would say, a little bit unlucky, uh, just getting the wrong uh, rubber the green uh, for George there. And then, of course, you know, made up uh, a few positions in the race and then, of course, pitted as well uh, for fastest lap. But he wasn't far off Hamilton, had a great sprint, so I feel like it does kind of uh, even itself out and, uh, and a seven for, for George. Uh, we now go to Carlos Sainz. You might want to cover your ears if you're a Carlos Sainz fan. Qualified fourth, sprint qualified fifth, finished the sprint in fifth, finished the race in fifth. Loves a fifth this weekend. And I'm also going to give him a fifth out of 10 or a five out of 10. Um, just, I, I think part of me is just gutted that he couldn't be anywhere near the front to cause a little bit more chaos with his teammate and the two Red Bulls. But he fell away almost immediately, finished 20 odd seconds behind um, Charles Leclerc, 25 seconds just uh, just under, um, which is not good enough really if you want to be not only challenging for world titles, world constructors championships, but also now fending off Aston Martin and uh, Mercedes as well for this fight for second. Um, So as much as those results look all right on paper, 
I just don't think it was really good enough considering what that Ferrari could do uh, in the hands of Charles Leclerc. Yeah, I've gone for a 6 out of 10. It's a solid performance, but not spectacular. Um, I think the result flatters him a little bit, actually, when you look at the, where he, he finished. But he picked up points, so he didn't have a, a disaster. But I think Ferrari were the second best car that weekend. So you've got to think that you, you should be finishing fourth, really, um, uh, in, in those sessions. And yeah, um, Carlos, uh, gone for a 5 out of 10. I, I was really hoping that, uh, I hope this is just a blip because uh, it did look like you might finally be getting closer to Leclerc, but this very much felt like a 2020 start of the last season, uh, Carlos. Exactly. It's almost a carbon copy, uh, to be honest with you, apart from the fact Leclerc's not winning any races. Let's speak about Charles Leclerc now. Qualified first, sprint qualified first, finished the sprint in second, finished the race in third. I have gone. Hear me out. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Uh, a perfect grade for Charles. Um, I'm so glad. I just, I'm so glad I, I just you don't said think. It. I'm so glad. <laughs> I saw you change I'm to a so nine glad. in the sheet thinking, am I being a fanboy? Literally no. what I was going, my head. I, I, was looking I know you I know. Was it a 10? So I changed it to a nine and you said that. Absolutely I'm like, yes, 10. thank you. He, he's, he's in the second, yeah, the Ferrari was probably the second best car this weekend. However, the Red Bull is so far clear that you've got to think realistically, we've had four meaningful sessions, so you can only hope for third, 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 and third, and he's finished first, first, second, third. That is an unbelievable performance. I mean, what more can he do? Um, you were never going to have the race pace to beat them. He uh, obviously was fortunate that Verstappen had a hole in his car to... Um, you know, otherwise he probably would have been beaten in the sprint, but he still would have been third. Uh, and I don't think he could have got any more out of it. And I can't even downgrade him for um, the little tap uh, into the wall uh, at the end of sprint quality because it didn't really matter. I forgot that even happened, to be honest with you. Mm. I've also gone for a 10 <laughs> out of 10. Yes, come on. I'm not the only one here giving him a 10. It was unbelievable. I, I put a tweet out, actually, because uh, I wanted to defend him and his statistics uh, because a lot of people talking about his terrible pole to win conversion rate. And my argument was that it shouldn't be seen as a negative. He's putting this car in positions that sometimes it shouldn't be there. Yeah. Sometimes the Ferrari is quick over one lap and does a great job, but other times he's outperforming. He's done it twice now, I would say around Baku alone um, and also I found it quite interesting that Ayrton Senna was seen as an absolute quality god. And then one of his seasons, I want to say like 88, 89, something like that, he had a, a pole to, uh, to win conversion rate of worse and was seen as like this amazing hot lap master. Charles Leclerc does it. And it's like, well, mate, you're just a bottler. It's not the case at all. He did an amazing job this weekend and I will not hear any slander. Thank you very much. Yeah, I agree. You, you can't have a go at him for putting, uh, essentially, he was never going to beat the Red Bulls in the race. Um, so the only time he could really do it is with a, a one-lap special, which he managed to do twice over the weekend. And he put eight so on Carlos Sainz in quality. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that is yeah, you can't. gargantuan. It was a great performance. Keep going. Clearly, he needs to get some more piano music. Uh, <laughs> He'll and do write, a Baku 23 
slightly more energetic, <laughs> up, upbeat one this time. Uh, we now go to the first of the Red Bulls and the one that finished first, Sergio Perez. He qualified third, qualified second after sprint quali, first in the sprint race and first in the race. A double victory for Sergio Perez, even though it doesn't count as a double victory, does it? It's like a separate statistic and all that good stuff. But still, an amazing performance from Checo, and it's a 10 out of 10 from me as well. He, uh, yeah, there's not really much I can falter him for. Of course, he got beaten in, in normal quali by, by Max, but yeah, it was a faultless performance. He got ahead. He got a little bit lucky in the safety car uh, window. Of course, Max coming into the pits when when Nick de Vries had his, had his incident. But Perez, again, just like we saw in Saudi, in the lead, Max couldn't make any impression on him whatsoever. And if anything, you know, people are saying, oh, we got lucky. If it hadn't happened, Max would have won. But people are also maybe having selective memories by the fact that Perez had a run on Max with DRS into turn one if Max hadn't pit. So that that was the only time a Red Bull got within the other Red Bull's DRS was Perez catching Verstappen, not Verstappen catching Perez. Yeah, very true. Um, oh, this is a really difficult one because... Give him a 10. It's a nine and a, a half ten. for me no, because I no can't halves. give him a perfect there's 10 because he obviously, he didn't get lucky by the safety car because like you say, he did have a run on him, but um, I think it, it wasn't a perfect like masterclass. We'd have never known what would have happened if Max hadn't been screwed by the safety car, but it's still a brilliant performance and just showed that he's, um, you know, can a challenge, uh, particularly on a street track. So I'm going to give him a nine. Double race win and you're giving him a nine. That is absolutely disgusting. Oh, I mean, we've given people nine that turned before for <laughs> yeah, pole and win. But that's usually a Verstappen or someone like that. But uh, interesting. Let's see how social media takes that one. As we now go to the final driver, Max Verstappen. Qualified second, sprint qualified third, finished the sprint in third, finished the race in second. Let me guess, 10 out of 10, Tommy? <laughs> I've gone for an 11, actually. Um, no, <laughs> uh, I've gone for an 8 out of 10. Um, I think, yeah, he may have won the race, uh, had the safety car, but Checo was incredibly quick. Um, and I think Max has to take some of the blame, um, even though I believe it was a racing incident for the Russell thing, um, that it's dropped points because he had a hole in his car and he could have easily just backed out, let Russell go. And then their ultra mega super awesome DRS would have just easily got past him, and they'd have had a perfectly uh, able car without a hole in it to breeze past Charles Leclerc as well. So, um, not the not the perfect weekend for Max by any stretch. Uh, even though he you may feel like he got shafted out of a win, um, not pretty, not not a perfect or clean weekend. So yeah, eight out of ten. I agree. Eight out of 10 uh, for me as well, uh, for Max Verstappen. I think that he, as much as, as you say, it was a racing incident, he put his car in that position, which in the post-race interviews, I was very confused as to how he was sort of defending the fact he went there and that it was actually George's, I guess it is George's right to not hit him. But at the same time, there was no real like uh, confession that he maybe put himself in a difficult situation where one small tiny mistake and and you are getting damage and the 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 impact with george was very light when you look at the replay it wasn't he didn't go spearing into the side of him um so yeah max just didn't seem he seemed quite 
aggressive this weekend, but maybe for the both on track and also um, in interviews around the formats and George Russell and so on. So perhaps just needed to chill out, maybe just had a, an off weekend, but yeah, eight out of 10 for me as well. And now we finally go to our P1, our driver of the weekend. And I think we both know where this is going to. It's Charles Leclerc. Is it Tommy? <laughs> Well, he's the only one I gave a 10, so Exactly. Absolutely. I just wanted you to Definitely. say it out loud. I just wanted to hear you say it out loud. <laughs> um, yeah, unbelievable performance. Gave us something to hope for uh, for this weekend until we saw a spoiler of it on Saturday. But it was uh, still a- an amazing performance. He should be very proud of what, what he managed in that Ferrari. And let's see. I don't think we'll get it in Miami because the temperatures are going to be hot and Ferrari are going to be dreadful around there, in my opinion. But we'll have to wait and see until this weekend. You sure will. Cool. No more thoughts about why Charlotte closed the goat. All right, sweet. That is it. Thank you so much, everybody, for watching and for listening to this F1 driver ratings for the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. We'll be back. There's lots of content coming your way, as you know, because we have four races in five weeks coming up. It's going to be hopefully epic, even though when you look at the tracks on paper, it might well be a stinker. But we'll be here for the whole of it, (laughs) and you better be too. Bye. P1 is a Stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.